Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Before we jump into the episode, I would love it if you could absolutely do me a massive favor. It's literally the best way to support any creator is quickly writing a little review in the Apple podcast. All you have to do is open the app, write what you think, give me a star rating so that we can really, really get this podcast to as many listeners as possible. Let's jump into the episode. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Free podcast. I am so excited about today's episode, but first I need to tell you about my breakfast. Oh my God, I think I just made the best baked oats that I have ever made in my entire life. And that's 28, actually almost 29 years because it's my birthday next week, which I'm excited for. Um, I made it with Nutella. And if you're a chocolate lover like myself and you maybe love those little Nutella packets as a kid, this is your sign to next time you do your groceries, whether that's an online shop or in person, buy Nutella because it is so satisfying and it's so freaking amazing and delicious. I've been having it as my pre-workout snack and it's something I absolutely look forward to and I just feel so satisfied every time I eat it. As you know, if you had listened to my last episode, things are changing in on my Instagram and I haven't been announcing it yet on the gram because I want to tell you guys first. You guys are here listening to the podcast each and every week, so you get to know all the little secrets. So behind the scenes, I've been working really hard in a lot of recipe development for you guys and I definitely filmed this oat recipe So you will get to try it. What I want you guys to do is, if you're a Nutella fan like myself, I want you to go and buy the Nutella. I want you to take a photo and put it on your Instagram story and tag me in it. So then I can celebrate the joy for Nutella together. (laughs) Anyway, two weeks now in Lombok. I'm not going to lie, it's been a little bit challenging just getting used to a different life once again. It's definitely different to Bali, as I said in the last episode. Like, for example, you know, if you've been to Bali, you've probably seen it before, but you see the ladies on the side of the road with their carts of the chicken, where they're like hacking at the chicken, there's no refrigeration, and that's where people buy the chicken. So in Lombok, you cannot really buy any fresh, well, where I am in Lombok, you probably can up in the north, but down in the south in Kuda, you can't buy like any sort of protein unless it's frozen from the supermarket. (laughs) So I have been going to the markets every Sunday morning, which I love to get my fruit and vegetables from. And oh my God, it is so cheap. However, I have to buy my chicken from the market as well. And it's a little bit terrifying. 
so far so good. I haven't got salmonella. I have not got any sort of food poisoning. I am all good. So maybe call me out. I'm being a drama queen, but there is a part of me that's just like, oh my God, I'm scared. (laughs) Anyway, I'm super excited about today's episode because I had a question asked from Maddie Braley. I love it when you guys reach out on Instagram and ask me questions in and around the podcast and some things that you guys really want to learn about. And she said, I was wondering if you're covering any topics around different exercise phases like strength building and hypertrophy. It would be super interesting. So that's exactly what today's episode is going to be about. So before we start with any sort of exercise phases, the first thing that I do with every single one of my clients is talk about goals. Because it's really, really, really important to know exactly what you want to achieve out of your exercise. Because the thing is, and this is like really one of the biggest mistakes that I see so many active females make, is they're just exercising really with no intention in behind it. So they're going off and do cardio, they're going off and do HIIT with the intention a lot of the time of toning. And... It's crazy to think that like I used to be there as well, so I totally get it. However, like you got to look at exercise as a prescription, right? There is different types of exercises that will lead to a different goal. For example, like HIIT training, Tabata training are going to help you improve your anaerobic capacity in comparison for like going for a 10k run that's going to improve your cardio respiratory endurance okay so there is two different things and two different goals there on the other side you have like your strength training you've got hypertrophy training and then you've got power training which if you do those different types of training you're going to get a specific result so if you're doing strength training you're going to get stronger if you're focusing on muscle hypertrophy you're going to grow bigger muscles if you're working on power then you're going to improve the amount of load that you can lift in a short amount of time and the reason I say this is because a lot of the time I see people just exercising for the sake of exercising, which is a really good thing. Don't get me wrong. Like exercise is medicine. And if you don't have any specific goals and if your goal is just to get movement in to feel good, to feel healthy, absolutely. However, if you do have a specific goal, it's really smart to actually line up your exercise routine with the specific goal that you want. Because one of the training principles that we create exercise programs with is specificity. And what that means is literally training for the specific thing that you want. And that's why when you look at athletes, for example, like a swimmer's exercise program is going to look completely different to a rugby league style program, right? Like the swimmer, they're going to be working really on their back strength. They're going to be working on their swimming skills. They're going to be working on their cardiorespiratory endurance, as well as increasing that anaerobic capacity because they do need to be able to sprint. Then in comparison to the rugby players, and then again, you could even categorize it on like different positions within the team, like some are sprinters, whereas some need um, to be able to go for longer. So As you can see, you can really be smart with your exercise routine and really line it up with the outcome that you really want to achieve. 
I do want to say here that you absolutely can work on more than one thing at a time. Absolutely. And you can absolutely relate that, say, to a netball player who will need to go for the length of the whole time of the game, but then also really be short, sharp and powerful as well. So that you definitely need to be including all of those elements within their training. So that's where the specificity comes from. So once you understand your goal, it's really, really important to make a long term plan to get there. Okay. This is known as periodization. It's a technique that promotes long-term performance and improvements. We can't just look at exercise programming like a month to month to month because you don't see results in a month. You see results from consistent effort over years. And I say this all the time to my clients. You're not going to expect a specific result in 12 weeks because it's impossible. You didn't learn how to drive a car in a day. You're absolutely not going to have everything that you want in such a short amount of time. So this is why it's really, really important to be thinking about it long term. You know, this month is going to look like this when, and we're going to increase this and this, and then we're going to pull back here. And it's kind of a mix. I like to say it's a mix between art and science because exercise programming, there is so much research in and around it. Absolutely. But we get to pull the principles and we get to kind of um, adapt it to each client because every single client is completely different in their anatomy, in their age, their lifestyle, their gender, the length of their limbs, right? There is just so much difference between different people. So that's why it's important to be able to, you know, pull from the research, but then, you know, give it into a practical example. It's also really important to be looking at long-term and month-to-month because not only does it help performance gains, but it also decreases the risk of injury, It also decreases the risk of overtraining. And we know that if you're not recovering from the amount of volume of the exercise that you're doing, you're not going to see any increases in performance. People often forget it's when we're resting, it's when we're getting that adaptation of our body. And if we're not allowing for that adaptation to occur, then we're not going to be able to adapt and therefore get better, get stronger, perform better. Another thing that I really wanted to touch on today that actually plays a really big influence on like specific training phases that someone can cycle through is a thing called training age. And what that is, is just how long you've been like properly lifting. And when I say properly lifting, I'm meaning with good technique, following an exercise program, actually applying progressive overload in comparison to a bit of dabble where or you're like, you know, you're consistent going into a group class is a different level of training in comparison to following an exercise program. And the reason why is because in group classes is they're changing their exercises too frequently. And it's like, you think about it, like how are you ever going to get good at something as in a deadlift or a squat, if you're constantly changing it up and not repeatedly doing it? We know the best way to do anything is repetition. The other thing with the group fitness class is that you're most likely not lifting at the right intensity that you should be training at in order to get that real good growth. Number one, the time limits. A lot of the time you're like racing around to get the right weight. And number two, also because 
you're not tracking your training. And how are you ever going to know what you lifted the week before if you don't write it down? Like most of the time, I don't even remember what I had for dinner two nights ago, let alone what I lifted last week on my deadlift. And that's the whole thing with progressive overload, right? Is you have to do a little bit more than the week before. And if you don't know what that is, how are you going to do that? So I know I digress there, I was talking about training age, but it's really important to understand the difference between like a lifter who's probably been lifting and actually training versus someone who's just, you know, going to the gym, having fun with the community, looking after their health, which is also a good thing, right? I'm just talking about those who have some real specific goals and who really want to improve in the gym. So let's go into exercise phases now. And this is why I wanted to talk about training age because it absolutely depends on the lifter's training age. Like, for example, if someone came to me and they were like pretty new and fresh to the gym in terms of training properly, not, you know, doing lots of exercise, doing lots of cardio, lots of hit, maybe a lot of Pilates. Someone who's like pretty fresh and new to deadlifting, to squatting, to doing, you know, all the compound lifts is... That exercise phases will look very different to someone who's been training for at least a year solidly. Because I always like to say that first year of lifting, you need to learn how to lift properly. You need to learn how to properly execute all the compound lifts. You need to properly learn how to train at the right intensity and that, you know, eight out of 10 effort. You need to learn how to actually apply progressive overload So I really believe at this phase, you can really forget about kind of strength training and lifting heavy because if you can't properly execute a deadlift, for example, and then you get programmed to, you know, three sets of five and your technique is bad and you try and lift heavy, I personally believe that's a recipe for disaster. So absolutely through the first year of lifting I would dabble with it towards like you know after six months but just that first year is really dedicated to hypertrophy training to really nail the basics really nail the skill nail the lifts nail your technique and really really start to focus on training at that right intensity so what are the training phases that you can kind of cycle through I know I just mentioned hypertrophy trainings. So the goal of hypertrophy training is really to focus on growing muscle, literally growing the size of the cell of the muscle to get bigger. This is traditionally when you're exercising at low to moderate intensity, ranging from 50 to 75% of your 1RM. Volume should be moderate to high, ranging from three to six sets to about... 10 to 20 repetitions. Another phase that you can cycle through is a basic strength phase. And all strength training is the ability to move a heavy load over a distance. So this usually occurs when exercising at higher intensities and we're looking at like 80 to 90% of your 1RM. The volume of strength training needs to be a little bit lower simply because you are training at those higher intensities, which is going to take your body more to recover from. In these rep ranges, you're looking at like three to five sets of like one to like six repetitions. Another phase that you can move through is a power phase, and this is the ability to quickly and efficiently move weight. 
So this usually occurs when exercising at a higher intensity, ranging from about 75 to 95% of your 1RM. Volume, again, should be quite low with this type of training, again, because it takes a long time to recover from. So for a practical example for you guys, like how do you program this? So again, it does go back to what your goal is, and that's what we just have to think about. And then the second thing is that we have to think about is recovery. Like I said, if you're not recovering, you're not going to make any adaptations. And what you have to figure out is your maximal recovery volume. And what this is, is just how much volume across a week. And when I say volume, I mean how many sets of exercise that you can handle and that you can recover from. And a big thing here is that different types of training are going to have different recovery time periods. Like I said, like a a difference between a, you know, five set of four deadlifts versus like three sets of 10, those four or four are going to be freaking heavy because at the end of the day, what you need to be doing is you need to be training more or less at that same intensity. So seven for the three by 10 and then like that eight out of 10 for the low reps. So you can see they're both working really, really hard. However, imagine, you know, really lifting something really heavy off the ground versus lifting something a little bit more moderate. It's just going to fatigue you so much more than what it would a lower moderate rep range. So a lot of my clients have a goal of body recomposition. Classic, I want to get toned. I want to lose weight and I want to get toned. So I just have to say this over and over again. When toning is not really a thing, toning, all toning means is you're gaining, you're building lean muscle. It's not going to make you bulky. You're building lean muscle and then reducing the fat to show your physique. If you don't have any muscle in your body, if you've never spent time out of a calorie deficit, intentionally training, then you probably don't have very much muscle in your body. And then the other goal, they want to get strong, which I love. (laughs) I love this. So like I said at the beginning, if they're at the beginning of their journey, I will always start with muscle hypertrophy phases. And that's it. No elements of strength, no elements of power, but really, really focus on just building muscle. So the reason for this, it allows them to learn how to do the movement. So I get them to record themselves and I'm constantly giving them feedback to making sure they're executing their lifts really well. It also helps build muscular endurance so that they can handle more without getting fatigued. Because during a muscle hypertrophy phase, The volume is quite high in terms of how many sets and reps that you're doing because you need to get enough volume in under your belt in order to put enough pressure and stimulus through the muscle. Ideally, you're aiming for 10 to 12 sets per muscle group. So for your shoulders, for your quads, for your hamstrings, calves, so on per week. If you're not reaching that volume number, then again, you're not putting enough mechanical tension or metabolic stress on the muscles. And they're the two mechanisms for hypertrophy, aka making them bigger. The next reason why I focus mainly on hypertrophy with at the beginning of their journey is because you can really focus on growing lean muscle during these phases. And especially 
Like it's really important as well. I know this episode is not about nutrition, but it's really important to be pairing your nutrition to your exercise. So for example, if your goal is muscle hypertrophy, like you really want to focus on building some lean muscle, then I definitely don't recommend doing that with a calorie deficit because to build muscle in a calorie deficit is a lot harder. But I know so many people are afraid of eating at maintenance, but it's life changing. (laughs) Um, The next reason why is because it's so much less taxing on our joints. We have to remember we're here for a really long time and we are constantly destroying our body. We're constantly like lifting heavy loads, especially with poor technique. That's literally a recipe of disaster. And then lastly, it gives them that time and space to improve their muscular endurance, to manage their fatigue, like I just said, but then it also improves their recovery time. So the more they build that endurance, the less time it's going to take them to recover. And the better our recovery means the better our performance, because then what happens is then we can go in into the gym and we can lift heavier more frequently. If we're taking that longer time to recover, then you're not going to be able to perform as well, which then also is going to hinder your results. You have to think about training and recovery as kind of like a seesaw. You need to find that really good balance between what's going to really push you enough that you are going to increase that muscle tension and the metabolic stress on the muscles. And then how much volume can I manage to then be able to recover from? And at the beginning, and this is why it's important to talk about periodization, because at the beginning of someone's journey, their volume is going to look a lot less than, say, someone who's been lifting for a year. Maybe at the beginning, you can only handle like nine sets per muscle group per week. And that's the beautiful thing about periodization. It's like, yes, over time, we're actually going to be increasing the volume of one's exercise. We are also going to be increasing the difficulty of the exercise. So for example, you might start off with like a Romanian dumbbell deadlift, and then eventually you'll be able to progress that to a barbell deadlift. And then you'll be able to progress that until like even a B stance dumbbell deadlift. And then you could even do a single leg Romanian barbell deadlift, but you absolutely wouldn't get someone who can't do a RDL with a kettlebell with really good form hinging back into the hips and glutes and hamstrings and getting them to you know try a single leg with barbell again recipe of disaster so that's why it's really really important to have good exercise selection as well so at the beginning absolutely cycling through hypertrophy training so sticking to those 8 to 20 reps for the majority of your exercises really focusing on your technique and then progressively making that harder over time once they move into a more intermediate stage it's then when i like to add strength training into their program once they can confidently do three lots of eight reps of each compound lift with really solid form is when I start moving them more to a hybrid program. So for a hybrid program, what I like to program is a little bit of strength training and then a little bit of hypertrophy training. Some of the hypertrophy lifts really focusing on mechanical tension versus some of the lifts focusing on metabolic stress. So what I mean by that is like the metabolic tension, they're your moderate loads, like seven, eight out of 10 with like the 10 to eight to 10 rep range. 
in comparison to a metabolic stress exercise where we're looking more of a pump. That's when you get that muscle pump and you're like, oh, my glutes. So sometimes we could use like, you know, tempo, half pulse lifts, quarter lifts. We could also up the reps up into 20. So across a week, what we could do is two upper, two lower body days. And then within, say, the lower body days, you're having your first exercise will always be that strength exercise. You always want to be doing your strength work first because it's you just want to be able to give it your all. So you really just want to focus on doing that first. Then after your strength set, so maybe it's a deadlift day, we'll do, you know, four lots of five. Then following that, we would more move into that moderate mechanical tension exercises. So that's your hypertrophy rep ranges of like eight to 12. And then finishing it off more so with that metabolic stress, the pump exercises with that higher rep range. It's important to note as well, I just want to slide this one in there because I know it's a mistake that so many people make is they're like throwing in like eight working exercises into their program. Realistically, if you only need to be hitting that 10 sets per muscle group per week, like a leg day, you can have like five exercises max. The problem is, is when you have too many exercises in your exercise program, all of a sudden you start rushing and trying to complete them all without actually taking your time and doing them right and training at the right intensity. So if you're there, I would suggest pulling back on the amount of exercises that you're doing and start executing them a little bit better with better form with at a better intensity. So with this hybrid programming, it's really important to have a variety of rep ranges because you can't just go in and smash out heavy sets of a squat, deadlift, and maybe a hip thrust. Because if you're doing like a full strength day of those three exercises, you're absolutely going to be tanked and it's going to cause so much fatigue in the body. That's where a good hybrid mix can come in because you smash your strength work and then move more into hypertrophy work just to make sure that you can recover from it. So if you're only doing two leg days, so that means you can't really like, you know, be focusing on all your strength work at once. And this is where I personally really like to cycle through different strength phases for my clients. So one month might be a squat focus, one month might be a hip thrust focus, and the next might be a deadlift focus. And the reason why I personally really like to do this is simply for recovery reasons. It really allows to give our joints a break because lifting heavy, like I keep saying, is really taxing on the body when you do it right. And if you're constantly lifting heavy deadlifts for a long time, your back's probably not going to love it. (laughs) So everyone's different, but what it could look like is we do a focus really in on squats And at the same time, we're doing some strength stuff for squats. We're also maybe um, implementing some tempo stuff for maybe the deadlift to then move into a deadlift block the next time, but kind of setting ourselves up for that. And that's what I mean by long-term programming. It has to be smart and it has to flow into the next phase. So some really practical examples here for you guys. If you are in that more intermediate phase of lifting, you can really break down your exercise sessions to, you could do one strength set, like one strength exercise, you know, that four by five, and then you could do some hypertrophy stuff working on mechanical tension. So you could do, you know, 
three exercises here, and then you could finish off with some mechanical pump exercises. Maybe like one, two, I would probably say one. You really don't need all that many different exercises. I just wanted to mention one more thing as well, because I was reading some research in and around this topic, and I read a really good review by Brad Sconfeld. And he did review the literature in and around hypertrophy training and kind of the best types of resistance training for it. So for growing muscle. And I think it's definitely something that we need to talk about because the whole thing on this strength training and on this hypertrophy training is that was really solid. But as new research is coming out and out, they're kind of proving that you absolutely can build strength. You can absolutely build like build muscle size and hypertrophy through the opposite styles of training. So for example, you absolutely can build strength by doing hypertrophy work and you absolutely can build muscle by doing strength work as well. Because the thing is, and it goes back to that thing I said at the beginning, is the variability. Because what we're looking at is we're looking at people and <laughs> no two people are ever going to be the same. And that's why you have to really account for personal differences. Because the thing is, is some people, some exercises have just worked so much better in a hypertrophy rep range versus others is where strength training has been really beneficial so it's really really important to making like be aware of what really feels good for you he states in his review is this rep range better than this other rep range in some objective physiological sense instead you're probably better asking yourself what allows me to get in the most high quality sets during each session and during each week so guys i hope that really gave you some insight on like different types of exercise phases and different training that you can implement and really nailing in the importance of making sure that you are training if you do have a specific goal making sure your training is in alignment with that and then of course making sure you're training appropriately for where you're up to in your journey another big one anyway guys you know the drill i can't thank you enough for being here and i will see you all in the next episode Thank you.